Well, we finally have an answer as to whether Trevor Lawrence is going to be participating in that Netflix series quarterback. Which player on this team do you think needs their own reality show? You. I think you need your own reality show. Do it! Welcome into Jags AM. It is August 7th and training camp's getting ready to get started. I don't even know what day we're on anymore, so I apologize. I think it's day uh, 11. Day 11? Yeah. All right, cool. We're, we're definitely in our second week, that's for sure, because I've lost count of the days. We welcome you in. I'm Kainani Stevens. Um, John and Brian are with me here I just today. realized you're I, actually in your own reality show. I mean, this feels like one yeah. every single morning. It does feel that way to me. Um, I think Cisco would be that great. That question's a layup. I think Cisco's would, would be great. I would watch the Dewey reality show... 24-7. I'd skip work. I would be homeless. I think it's the point. same episode day after day. I, would you not watch would you not watch Cisco though? He does stand-up comedy in his free time. He's I like taking him a lot. up pickleball for some reason. Yeah, no, no. He's a, he's definitely an interesting guy. I like him. They're the same a lot. position, so Dewey would probably have him on as a guest a lot. So we could do the whole like that's chunk of the defense. Do you know what I would I, I, the safety Coop, reality show. Yes. Give me Cooper Hodges, the the rookie oh, from Baker, Baker County. County. I hear he lives just like you go out his back door and you walk across the back space there because I don't think it's a lawn and into Georgia. I, and he's a, a fantastic interview and a great kid. And I hear he's got a raucous, fun family. So I think he would he would do good with one. We have to get we have to get him involved somehow. I love him. Tugboat. He, I, I'm just a huge fan, obviously. Tugboat. About that's his nickname. What? Tugboat. Tugboat. Tell me that's great. not great. I love it. All right, let's quickly get into our big things for today. So our first big thing, one, I mentioned it a little bit. No thanks. Trevor came out and answered the questions. People were speculating whether he was going to be involved in the second season of the Netflix show Quarterback. Um, Patrick Mahomes was on it last season with Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. And this is what Trevor had to say when asked yesterday. Yeah, I, I was. I was approached. I, you know, I didn't decided to not do it this year, um, but... You know, that was just something where I feel like it's just not the right time for me. Um, who knows, maybe in the future. But, you know, I think it's a really – I watched the show, though. The show was great. I think they did a great job. So, um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it there. Very polite way of answering that question uh, from Trevor, saying, you know, maybe some point, but not right now. Um, and I think a lot of it is him wanting to focus on the season, which is commendable. You want to hear that sure. from your quarterback. I think part of it is why would you do it? I mean, he, people do those crazy big brother, you know, survivor things for money. Well, he's got the money and That's he's going to get the money. So why do you need to let the cameras in when you've already got the money? Well, I think too, it, it sounded to me like he thinks it could be something that would be interesting to do down the road. And I know Mahomes did it, but Mahomes has been in the same system and living his same life, so to speak. Uh, since 2018 so he's got five years where he doesn't worry about the routine they're still getting sort of everything down here uh, I could see him thinking it would be fun to do in a year or two once he knows exactly what his routine is every year and obviously Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl there's a little less pressure um, if you want to follow him around I would imagine so obviously and I think a little bit I don't know if you guys have watched the series Marcus Mariota didn't come off great after it so yes Kirk Cousins and and Pat Mahomes look great, but you could get the other end of the spectrum too, and there's always that risk when you're kind of behind the scenesy with it a little bit. 
No? I just You want to go for it? Well, no, I, give me the money, right? I've already got the money, <laughs> so I don't need to let you in to pay me more. I would rather have my privacy and my money than live my life on a... I mean, let's be honest. Every single person who's watching this right now has something they don't need people to see. Yep, that's true. Keep your private life private. That's what he's going to do for now. So he won't be on the second season. We now know that. Our second big thing today is playing it safe. I'm going to take a little contrarian view from you guys because I know how you kind of feel about it. Tyson Campbell uh, obviously suffered a concussion the other day. And not that that, that was a complete freak injury, obviously, him just falling down and kind of colliding with Kirk's knees at that point. But I, at this point, I'm really like – let's kind of conserve what we have here. I think when you know what you have, it's a little less of trying to get them out there and playing. So when we talk about, you know, going full speed in practice and getting that physicality, we saw it a little bit yesterday, but then I think, uh, did you mention it? Doug kind of like pulled them in and it was kind of like trying to. Well, that's what Walker Little a told uh, Hayes Carlon from uh, 1010. He said after period or, or uh, before period eight, he kind of, uh, Brought him in. I don't think he liked a couple of the hits that happened early uh, because it wasn't on the script for the day. So I, I, my sense is that there will be some hitting today. It's a live day. Um, mm-hmm. So my sense is that'll be the only one uh, of training camp because nothing else really fits unless they uh, do some hitting with the Lions, which I'd be surprised by. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, everything in camp is done for a reason. There's a reason Doug wanted the hitting to be today, if that's the day. So he, I don't think he loved that. And keep him safe. I agree. You say contrarian view. Well, I know you guys are old school, so you're the two-a-day kind of guys. And I'm just like super, well, let's keep everybody well, it's, in it, one piece. It's worth noting that the mentality has changed, right? I mean, yes. I had this conversation with someone on the practice field yesterday. And it was, how much do you want to see the starters play? In the day, when they practice twice a day, you wanted to see the starters play. A little bit in the first, more in the second, the most in the third, and then kind of peter them out in the fourth, and they don't play in the fourth game. Well, now there's only three games, and it seems like you're going to see maybe a, a smidge of the starters in game one, a little bit more in two, and then nobody in game three. And if anybody's even nicked up, you don't practice them in August. Well, that just goes against what the game used to be, keyword John being yeah. used to be. Now... That's the way, your way, right, is the way that it's done. The old man in me, which is <laughs> me, uh, pretty much all of there. you. I knew it was going to come out. It tells me that, you know, yes, this, this is not training camp anymore. These are padded OTAs, which is fine. Couldn't agree more. It's, it, you know, camp was two-a-days where you were just dragging by the end of the day, all that. It shouldn't be that way anymore. The salary cap and the the importance of each key core player has made this different. It, in the 90s, it was a little bit this way, but it wasn't like now teams have six or seven guys. If you lose two of those six or seven core guys, your season is over, and as a coach, you're probably getting fired at the end of the year because the owner is going, why did I pay all this to lose these guys in training camp? You should manage this better. So I get why they don't do it, and I think Doug will hit today. I think he he believes I've got to take a little and bit of calculated risk. And hit to the ground risk. today. Right. He did that last year once. Right. That's today. I, I think he believes there is a calculated risk needed to get ready, and then you you mediate that risk by having it being, being very short in a, in a very controlled situation. It's you just can't con- hit constantly in training camp. No, you can't. And and I'm not suggesting you go back to two-a-days where you do hit like that. That doesn't make any sense, especially when you're adding games to the schedule. You know, these guys, you got to manage your body now over, you know, 18 weeks. So you've got to make sure that you're in shape to do that. 
But when, well, it's like the question that I asked Doug last week. You know, you saw Joe Burrow go down with a calf strain, okay? And you saw, who was it in, in, uh, in Miami? Oh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, not really even in a contact drill, just Nigos, right? They're not even the pads. It happens. And so Doug said, you can't pull back entirely. You can't just react to every injury that happens. And that's the part of it where you kind of have to stay true to that. I got to get some contact. I got to get some hitting in because otherwise it's it's October before my guys are used to the contact. You have to have your plan and you have to stick to it. Accept that sometimes there's going to be risks and it's going to be injuries, but you have to trust that your oh. plan will work over the long term. Dante Fowler Jr., first day of rookie minicamp wearing not even a helmet, tears his ACL. Those things happen. Can't prevent those things. Going to our final big thing, game day. We have a game this week. They're playing the Cowboys on Saturday, and we did uh, – talking about that how much are we going to see the starters Trevor was asked how much time he feels he needs to play if he needs to play in the preseason I'd be surprised if you I see think it. it's valuable to get some oh, reps and especially you got a few new pieces get some get some live game reps where it is full speed it's full contact you know there's something on the line you know I think that's definitely valuable you know who, who knows how much that'll be whatever it'll whatever it is I'll be ready and uh what you, you just want to be clean you want to execute you want your offense to look sharp um, you want to you want to make the plays. You want to be smart. Do all that stuff, and, and just be clean. I think that's the main objective. John, I'll let you get to it. I'm I don't sorry. think we see Trevor this week at all. Uh, well, Dallas. after I said that, maybe a series. Um, we talked about this in the practice field yesterday. The, the the first preseason game was the Raiders last year. He didn't play at all. But the that second was a Hall pre- of Fame game, though, yeah, right. right. Yeah. But the, but this week, right, which was game two for them, right. but game one for everyone else. He had twelve pass attempts. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I. Um, I could see that. I, I I could see into the second quarter next week and then nothing in the last. Right. Which gives you a couple of extra weeks. Because remember now, with the three games, you have that week between the, the game and the regular season. So you've got two weeks at that point to get ready. So he'd have a chance to be sitting for three weeks. Now, someone would argue that three weeks of not playing is you're practicing. You're getting some time in. Um, I'll offer this counter, too. Next week when we go to Detroit... They have those two days of practicing against the um, the Lions. And I can remember in 2019 when we went to Baltimore, Doug Marone talking about how valuable that time was. Mm-hmm. And, and almost as valuable, if not more, than the actual game reps was his response. So expect next week, despite what we see this week in Dallas, expect to see a lot of matchups where they get players on players, specific players on specific players, to try to get the most out of those practice sessions as they can. Joint practice can be super helpful for both teams, I think, to finally get some action against. You know, you're not playing yourselves, right? So that always helps and gets the competition level up a little bit. All right, coming up, we're going to go to Coach's Corner, hear what they have to say about what they've been seeing so far in training camp and who's been standing out. Stay with us. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Jags AM presented by CarShield. You can call CarShield now if your car's out of manufacturer's warranty. Do not get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer repairs. Call CarShield now. Welcome back. We're here in the Hyundai podcast studios, training camps, getting going, players out there stretching. Another day out in the sun and a live hit day, as we mentioned. It's going to be very physical today, so uh, we'll have a lot to talk about later on in the week. The good thing about training camp is we get to see everything every single day. The coaches are talking every single day, so we get to kind of 
go through everything and, and hear their perspective of how the players are doing at training camp. So uh, obviously Doug Peterson talks every couple of days. And uh, John, you actually asked him specifically about uh, Tank Bigsby's progression. And here's what he's had to say. This kid is uh, outside of like the size, the speed, athleticism, all that. But this kid, is he's a sponge. Um, you know, and he, he, he's really a smart uh, smart young running back, understands defense, understands, you know, um, one of the things really too that's, that's been impressive is how well he's taken the, the, the coaching, whether it be from Bernie or myself or even Phil, you know, Rauscher, being able to take that and, and, and apply it to, uh, to what he's doing. And, and he's, he's just improving every day. Uh, before I let you answer, John, I do want to mention when you asked this question, you prefaced it with asking about Bigsby, and Doug looked at you with a blank face for about 10 seconds before he realized you meant tank, because they literally just think of him as a tank, yeah, and that I, is all. I, and I think uh, that says a lot. Yeah, I I, uh, I had a moment where I was like, did I ask the wrong question? I, I think it, we all did. We were I, like, ah. I've asked many bad questions. I didn't think that was one of them. Um, he's impressive, and I have a hot take coming up later uh, about him, so I won't burn all that off. What I will say is it's significant what he talked about just there with how he's taking coaching because they have talked about Travis Etienne and needing to work with him on setting up blocks, uh, setting up runs, and becoming a better runner. Um, that was something Travis needed to work on this offseason. It sounds like Bigsby's got that. So I, I, I think the kid might have a chance to be a star. So I'll – which is saying a lot because yeah. John throws that term around like manhole covers for most people. So I'll say this about it. And I talked to him yesterday and uh, we shook hands because it was the first time I had met him. <laughs> and I came in, I said to you, have you ever shook his hand? I, it's the strongest grip I've ever felt. I mean, it felt like he was squeezing for me to go to my knees. I think I have a pretty good grip. His is a hundred times stronger. I mean, I was like, I was impressed. He's not going to be letting go of the football. Well, and, and look, he's completely built different, John. And I, I know you've got a hot take, so I don't want to. Yeah. He is just a different body style than ETN. And you can see this is a guy who at Auburn ran between the tackles. I can remember when they drafted him, you know, talking to people. This is a very patient runner. He understands how to follow the blocks. I think they used him differently at Auburn. And I think it's more suited for him to come in and have an impact as a rookie, perhaps. Um, but I want to say that power is his game because he's got it. Elsewhere on the offense, Press uh, Taylor spoke this week, and he talked a little bit about getting Chad Hall in as the wide receivers coach. He was in Buffalo before, and just kind of the distinct style he's brought here and how he goes about coaching the wide receivers. Chad was our first call, and we kind of extended an offer, wanted to see where that went, gave him a lot of time with it because everything we knew from him, from Doug's experience with him, mutual contacts with him, Heath's relationship with him, we just felt like he'd be a fit with us, with our room, with our staff. Um, so he was really the only one we went after and certainly excited with what he's done so far. There's certain coaches that everybody across the league is used to seeing on sideline TV copies running up and down the sidelines. Chad's one of those. So now he's on our sideline. So hopefully that, that brings some, uh, some value, some in-game energy to our group. It was definitely popular in Buffalo. We know Stephon Diggs was not happy when Chad Hall left town. Uh, you do see him doing some quirky stuff, if only because – of the way that the wide receivers are reacting to some of the drills because it looks like they're doing it maybe for the first time. So he does have kind of his own way. And he's sort of the boxing group. drills where he's punching yeah, and he's asking like guys to the move their hands. hands. Like that you can tell they haven't done it before. So they're like, oh, they pick it up quickly, of well, course, but just it's interesting. They work out right. You know, they're, they're, right they're warm, right in front of us in the morning. And he puts them through, 
really meticulous detailed drills where he'll have them, you know, torque to a certain angle with one foot forward and one foot back and stop and then start running and then stop before they hit the ladder and go. I mean, he's really, he's got a reason for everything that he does. And it's interesting to watch the way that those veteran receivers are adjusting to him. I think they like him a lot. I think they all love him His and energy they all take to high. what he's saying very quickly. Yeah. Like, But he's okay. brought different methods in. Yes, and that's got to be helpful, especially even Calvin Ridley is excited to do a lot of that stuff. So um, it's they're interesting to watch. John, have you ever seen kind of those kind of drills before in that way? Uh, not really. I, my thing with the position coach is this. If, if the players like it and buy in, then he can be an effective coach. Then it works. And, yeah. you know, you can have all the knowledge you want if players, especially in this league where they tend to get jaded very quickly on on a style and can shut you out, if they're responding to it, it's going to help them. So he's got that ability, which is impressive. All right, quickly we'll go to special teams. Heath Farwell spoke to a special teams coordinator, and he told us that in the offseason, Andre Sisco came to him and said he wanted to be part of special teams. So the offseason, he came to me and said, Coach, I'd love to be a returner, You know, get back there with those guys. No problem, did it. He's been great. He's He started out uh, just learning the position. And, and, and if you guys have watched some of the training camp practices, he's been great. He catches them clean, he's smooth, he's reliable, he's smart, he's tough. He's a guy that, that can compete for that, uh, you know, that emergency guy. Now, love the initiative. He does look great out there, but I think the key word is emergency because hopefully Andre's not doing that. Yeah. Um, I would have asked him to leave my office. <laughs> He's entertaining it. No, That's nice. No, yeah. I, I want you to be a free set. But all kidding aside, you don't want him in that. Just like uh, in, in the same press conference, uh, he was talking about uh, Christian Kirk. And, hey, it's great Christian did a nice job. We don't want him out there during that time. So, yeah, it's an emergency thing, and I think it speaks to Cisco's buy-in and his approach. That's at, and being a team as an player. And a player. You, you like guys that want to do. Yeah, things. no doubt, no doubt. Multi-dimensional players who are willing, but is one thing. Hopefully, right? have to do that. Yes, fingers crossed. To. Doesn't come to that point. All right, coming up, we're going to do our hot take segment. So stay with us. Training camp just getting going. We're here in the Hyundai Studios. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Jagzam presented by Car Shield. And things are underway out there today. Going to be live, hard-hitting, full-padded practice. Uh, we'll see a lot about what this team is made of, I have no doubt. Uh, we're going to do some quick hot takes, though, before we get into that. And... I'm excited to see what you guys have for hot takes. I I I tempered mine a little bit. Ah, come I'm, on! I don't think I'm crazy, crazy, but jump in the pool. Fair enough. All right, you you go first. Brian. I will. Um, and I, look, this is going to sound crazy. Uh, I, I think that Dewey is in for a fight. Now that I know they gave him guaranteed money, and uh, it would have been great to have your reality show this summer. But there are two young safeties who are very talented in Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. And Latavius Brinney, the young undrafted rookie from Arkansas. Tall, both 6'3", effortless athletes, and they make plays every day on the practice field. Um, I get it. It was always the Jags. He's an institution here. He made big plays in two important games last year against Baltimore and Dallas, which is why the Jaguars gave him that guaranteed money. Um, so I think he makes the team. But, man, he's got a fight on his hands because these are two young guys he's really going to have to push away and um, and beat. He's going to have to play in the preseason because these two guys are going to play and make plays. 
Well, if he doesn't make it, maybe he can go work at Fox with Urban. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Not touching that. No, yeah, I, 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 I don't agree. I mean, I, I think he will be pushed. Pushed in a sense. Yep. I, I don't think there's a scenario where a healthy Dewey Winger doesn't make the 53. Selfish, selfishly for my own entertainment's sake, I, I hope you are wrong. But. I'm just saying watch this battle because a couple of years ago, before the legend of Dewey was born last year, we were talking about this was a guy that was a special teamer, and you're always trying to replace mm-hmm. those guys. Well, these two guys are going to push him because you look at six foot three with the long arm span, that's not his game. So now they've got to go prove it. He's proven it. I think he makes the team. They gave him the guaranteed money, but he's in for a fight. All right, John, you told us your uh, little preview that your hot take might be about tanks. So what do you got? Well, I, you know, and it's a little tricky because you want to have a hot take. And I'm saying that Tank Bigsby's going to push Travis Etienne Jr. And when I say that, this is going to be a backfield much more rotational than it was last year. So I don't think there's any danger of uh, Travis Etienne not being a really important piece. I think it's going to look a lot different than it did last year when after James Robinson was traded, it, it, it was a clear where you looked up and you were surprised when Travis Etienne wasn't in the game. You were, okay, well, they're in this package. This is different. I think you're going to get used to seeing Tank Bigsby. I th- I'm not sure. I would guess that Travis will lead the team in rushing. Um, but the good part about this take is him pushing it, I think, is going to push them both into the roles that they need to play. I think Bigsby's going to be very good in short yardage, be a very good base uh, a runner. And you wonder, Brian, if if there isn't a scenario where ETN has a really big season with maybe fewer carries, fewer yards, and more touchdowns and big plays, and you think, oh, that's what that kid is. He's a big play player who can stress defenses all the time. Maybe a 900-yard rusher with Tank running for 800. Well, the interesting thing is, Earlier this week, late last week, they all run together. Doug was talking about 1,600 yards mm-hmm. for ETN. That, that's Maurice Jones-Drew territory. Yeah. That's Fred Taylor territory. I Just personally, I and I'm not the head coach, but I, I don't see him as that kind of a, a, of a bruiser because that's what you have to be. And mm-hmm. I look at Bigsby and I think this kind of is like the DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders backfield that the Eagles used so well last year, so effectively. Of course, they had a more mobile quarterback, but... I'm with you. Bigsby is impressive and strong and powerful and looks like that between the tackles runner that I, I, I still don't see ETN as being that guy. Yeah, I think both of their day two rookies, Brenton Strange, who I didn't mention in this, I think that day two class, we wrote it and said it right after the draft, is going to give this offense the kind of versatility yeah. that Doug had in Philly. I think it's taken him a year to get that personnel. And now all of a sudden you look and there is a lot of, you know, that was a theme over the weekend. Multipleness on offense. I think they've got it, and I think Bigsby's a big reason. They got lots of it. All right, I'm going with my hot take. Mine is that Cooper Hodges will be starting on the offensive line by next year. And I say this as a hot take only because he's a seventh round pick. Tugboat. Tugboat. I'm, and he does a cartwheel before practice every day now. He's out there hyping up the crowd. I'm just a big fan in general. But, uh, Brian, I know you heard a little bit about oh, how yeah. much Trent. Um, is a huge oh, fan of yeah. Him. I mean, Trent and I talked about him in the spring, and he's just he was wanting to hold back because he wasn't to go to well, wanting to go too far. But he's like, look, this guy has everything it takes to play inside. Remember, and and it's good that you said next year he's making that transition from tackle to guard. But he's got the power, he's got the personality, um, he's got the intellect and awareness. He understands acutely 
what he doesn't know and what it's going to take. He was talking about being humped, right? Where you that move where a defensive lineman gets a guy going to the you're giving me that funny look where he goes Sorry. to the right and he yeah. he stopped he goes I, I hope people understand what the hump move is it's where you get your momentum used against you and a strong defensive lineman can throw you back the other direction and he said that was his welcome to the NFL moment inside the speed of the hands of Devon Hamilton totally threw him at the beginning he's an incredible personality a great kid and every day he walks out in the field he reminds himself that he's a kid from Baker County that gets to play for his hometown team and it's important to him. Um, so I love the fact that he has a nickname, Tugboat. And I love the fact that he understands what a, a rare opportunity he has. Here. Fully seizing that opportunity, at least thus far. He's an awesome kid. Yeah, and you're talking about guys now, you know, if Hodges starts next year, Bigsby Strange. Now you're talking about the next generation, guys who you could see moving in. How you sustain a team. Because, Brian, you know, next season, we're way ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm is going to look different in terms of some decisions they have to make and they have to start drafting and developing. So these three stories are big stories. People in Jacksonville will be surprised, just to stay on that theme real quick, about how different things have to become with a quarterback that you have to pay. We, we've never had one here that we've had to pay like this. It's going to be a money game. They too. will make some decisions that will make people go, whoa, that guy can still play. Yeah, but that's the guy we got to pay. And protect. So I know that will come paramount. But until then, I am Team Tugboat to that point. Team Tugboat. All right. Practice underway. Uh, Come back. We'll preview what we got going on for the rest of the week. Uh, Stay with us for Jags AM. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, you can check out ZipChair.com to rouse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. Had a very special practice in the stadium on Saturday, which was very hot for, for us. Uh, I was I was sweating in there, so I know they were. Um, but it was Military Appreciation Day, which is always special, especially in this town. And all of the players had very specialized camo jerseys, I think, um, made specifically for the day. And they were able to... S- um, swap them with veterans after the game. And that was just such a special moment. They all came out, met at midfield. And if you were there, it was just, it was something to be a part of. Uh, I spoke to Dewey and he said he's always excited when they have, you know, military members and veterans with them on the field. And it was just a very special little moment that, you know, takes you out of, oh, it's hot, it's training camp and kind of reminds you what's important. I don't know who got in line right across from Trevor Lawrence, but I saw some people kind of jockeying yeah, the position across enough. from players they wanted. Yeah. But I think just a special day all around. That was great. And it's game week. We have uh, Dallas is coming up on Saturday. Anything you guys are particularly looking forward to when it comes to that or just seeing the young guys out there? I want to be excited, but <laughs> I also You're know just from experience that in the third quarter of this game, I'll be ready for it to be over with. And I'm not I'm not discounting people who get excited about preseason, but it, it's, it's tough. I am looking for the rookies because I think they will be interesting this year. Uh, for the future. So I do think with Strange and Bigsby and some guys like that, there are storylines to watch this week uh, beyond maybe the first uh, two series. So that'll be interesting to me. Getting ready for a uh, preseason broadcast is a lot more intensive than a regular season broadcast. A lot more people to look Because you're talking about, I'm going to spend this entire week looking at the twos and threes. I won't waste a lot of time with the ones because they're not going to play a lot this week. So We'll focus on the twos and the threes and the storylines down there. And Jags Wired debuts this week, Wednesday night, uh, the very first edition. It's sort of a look back at the offseason from the inside of the Jaguars organization. 
And of course, we'll have you covered for game day as well, pregame and the broadcast. And Jags AM is now back to three days a week. So we will be here on Wednesday and Thursday morning covering all of your training camp stories for you. So thank you for joining us once again, and we'll see you later in the week.